0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Winning is an everyday mindset. And we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I'll share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off court challenges. You got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. Every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Moson.
1: And I'm David Gura. Listen to the big take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time! Mark Stein, it's show time! Ooh, boom, shakalaka.
0: This league uncut is underway and on fire. This should be a good one.
4: Friends, welcome in to a long awaited return edition of this league uncut. You guys got to know it's the time of year in August and September. We only do. A few episodes per month. We do dial it back to recharge for the season ahead. In October, we will be back to full speed, two pods a week. But we had to get together for this because this past weekend, absolutely momentous for the league as a whole, but also on a personal level because our dear friend Mark Spears former teammate for both Chris and I, former neighbor in the bubble, (laughs) co-resident of the famed Walt Disney World bubble in Orlando. We all lived together for a summer. We all worked together. Now we all three work for separate entities, but we remain family. And this league uncut wanted to give a formal, official, directly delivered verbal hat tip to Mr. Spears because he is the 2023 winner of the Kurt Gowdy Award for print media excellence awarded by the Basketball Hall of Fame. There is no higher honor in our profession, and it is now officially in Mark Spears' possession. He got his ring on Friday night, gave a beautiful speech, both he and Holly Rowe. Holly Rowe, of course, from ESPN. The electronic division winner of the Kurt Gowdy Award for 2023. Beautiful speeches from both of them. As graded by my wife who watched them both on television, I was privileged to be in the audience for it. A hearty welcome from Haynes and Stein to Mark Spears. Kurt Gowdy winner. How does it feel, man? How how different
3: do you feel every morning now when you wake up? Man, I got that ring in the hallway, you know. Hiding out, uh, but something to look at. And, and, you know, now we're teammates again, right? We're teammates in the Hall of Fame. Chris will get there one day, too. Um, No, I've been really trying to put in perspective everything, and it's been very difficult, um, you know, because, as you said, this is the highest honor. I'm not, like, respectfully thinking. I don't even know. What else compares, right? Maybe something with NABJ Hall of Fame or something may mean something to me, too. But um, to be on that list where you see Jackie and Aldridge and Wilbon and, you know, Smith and Stein and Ryan. and Don't put me in there. All these, like, legendary McMullen, you know, all these legendary names. Pete Vesey. Yeah, it's just, um, it's it's really humbling, and it, it feels amazing to know that as long as that building exists, my name will be in it, right? Now, you might, if you blink, you might miss it, <laughs> but it's, it's in there, and um, I, it's, it's funny, Mark, because you know, like, usually they have events at the Hall of Fame, but they didn't have any at all other than like post parties. Um, so I had to like get snuck into the Hall of Fame so I could see my name because I was like, I I can't leave without seeing my name on this thing. And my mom had went the night before and, and like that picture of my mom standing next to like where my name was means more to me than my, my picture next to it, man. Just the fact that you know, my mom saw, saw it and I could celebrate my mom and my wife, and my dad, and my sister, all these folks that are important to me. And I don't get there without them like that. Like the, the fact that my mom got to stand up at the speech and do her little, you know, Miss America wave and all that like that. All that all those moments are like priceless to me. So I'm, as you can see, I'm still trying to figure out how to feel about it.
5: Spears, when you, um, when you were inducted, um, I want you to take me through a little bit of your journey, your path, because me seeing mm-hmm. you up there is like, it's it's personal to me because you, my guy, first and foremost. But, uh, I think we have similar paths, and mm-hmm. when I see you up there doing that, man, like that, that brings me so much joy, because, um, we. You aren't supposed to be up there, man. You yeah. know what I mean? It, was, it wasn't set up for yeah, you to be no, up there. No question. So when you're looking through the, your background, when you're looking at the, the beginnings, and can
3: yeah, you I just was tell like, me? The, I remember the, the the video game Dragon's Lair. I feel yeah. like you the- <laughs> <laughs> standing up there with the big yeah. sword, right? Real like, talk. All right, yeah. well, let's go. <laughs> Real
5: talk. No, nah, t- t- tell me just 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 through you know the 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 path, the flight. To get to get to that point, and what 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 resonates with you when you think about all that,
3: you know, a lot of it starts with the beginning, man. I you know, I wasn't no great student. Not that I couldn't have been a great student. I was, you know, and Chris, you know it. Like um, you know, in a lot of ways, you're a product of your environment. And if people don't get on you about grades, if people don't tell you uh, what could happen if you don't succeed in that realm, and how much more difficult it could be then, you know, you, you're, you're going to suffer through it. And so, like, I, I learned in the, the great thing, though, was I did find out in the seventh grade, which really put me ahead of the game that I wanted to be a sports writer. I grew up reading Sports Illustrated as a kid and reading the San Jose Mercury News and uh, reading anything sports. I just read the sports page in the morning. Um, and then in the seventh grade, you know, a guy from the Warriors came to my junior high school, Sylvandale Junior High School in San Jose. And I, at this point, I'm like in love with the game of basketball. I'm going to San Jose State basketball camp. You know, I'm dreaming of playing in an the NBA. And for some reason, the guy asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I said, I want to play for y'all. I want to play the an NBA. And he's like, but what if you get hurt? What if something happens to you? And I just remember that I saw this stat in Sports Illustrated at that time. And, you know, this was, you know, I'm dating myself. This is eighty four. So the influx of international NBA players. Stein, correct me. It hasn't happened yet. Five maybe, years away. Maybe some bonuses there. Maybe there's a handful of guys. Not really. But it, was, it said that less than two percent of all uh, college basketball players make it to the NBA, and that stat really struck a chord with me. So when the guy from the Warriors said that, I thought about it, and I'm like, wow, you know, this this is. that would be really hard to make the league. And he said, well, do you combine with what you love most in life and what you do best in school, you have a job you're happy with every day. So I thought about it. I sucked in science. I sucked in math, but I could write. I love sports. I'm reading sports illustrated and Mercury news every day. Like why not be a sports writer? I was like, I kind of came up with the idea. The next best thing is to be there if I can't play there. And so I wrote a letter to Mark Purdy from the San Jose Mercury news who, and I think Stein's probably met him a long time. Legendary columnist, and he literally, Chris, in the seventh grade, wrote me back, telling me everything I needed to do from seventh grade through college to be a sports writer. Like, come on, man! Like, how many like how many letters and email not letters, but how many emails do we get? How many Instagram like things that we get? So, yeah, I try to like take those seriously because, like, I know it made an impact on me that somebody, like, I didn't meet. Purdy until like 24 years later at the Beijing Olympics but if he didn't write that letter I'm I'm not here right so then I go to that home. is amazing yeah. that is amazing that he did that and yeah.
4: now we don't even have a path to write down yeah like, right? at least that is what you and I had yeah there it didn't guarantee you we're going to get there but at least there was a blueprint to no, follow nowadays yeah. there isn't even a blueprint
3: yeah and he's like Right about right on the school paper in junior high. I was writing on a school paper in the seventh grade, covering the eighth grade flag football team. That's where the mark J Spears came from. <laughs> that <J, laughs> was a seven, Christian, I never told you that. Nah, no. No. Clue. Yeah. It's a seventh graders decision. Nah. To put the J there. That's why that's why it's there. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. my first byline on a over the eighth grade flag football team, and I just kept it that way. And then anybody's he, like take all the typing classes you can in high school and I took typing one two and three which and you guys know is important to learn mm-hmm. how to type right and uh I took typing it still didn't learn didn't learn how to do it right yeah and then in, in college he said take as many internships as possible write in the school paper so I was definitely not getting drafted with my little piddly college basketball career but I you know by the time I was graduating from college and then I interned at the Dallas Morning News after I graduated. Uh, I was, felt like a first round pick in terms of talent as a journalist, as a writer. You know, National Association of Black Journalists helped me with that too. And so, um, but where I messed up, my high school grades weren't good. I was basically like, I just needed 2.0 to be eligible. And I had an opportunity to play basketball at Columbia University out of high school ivy league school one of the top journalism programs in the country and they wanted me till they saw my grades so i had yeah. to go to junior college route so in a lot of ways i could have made the path a lot easier for me mm. you know coming going from ivy league school but as one of my friends told me man it all worked out i just i just had to go to alternative juco d2 d1 route to to finally end up graduating and getting an opportunity um to get into this business. You
4: are, you know, I I always say for me, I felt like I was so lucky in that I had so many mentors when I was really young, when I started out. And so I I love being older now and I've always loved being a mentor when I can, but you are the mentor. Like so many people who cover the league, you know, Malika Andrews was up there hosting the ceremonies on Friday night. And she was telling everybody stories of you mentoring her when she was just a college student. What do you remember about when Chris Haynes blipped onto your radar?
3: Man, no, uh, Chris's story is really interesting. And and I don't know if it's really documented. I think you might've talked about it once. I mean, you do so many podcasts, you probably, I can't keep up. But,
1: uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh I remember so the the interesting thing about chris was like he just showed up around out of nowhere in portland and it's just like brother in the locker room and um wide-eyed bushy tail dude and he made you pay attention because he was getting these scoops from dame and cj like he's like you know you're on hoops hyping like Chris Haynes. Who, who the hell is Chris Haynes? Like, Oops, where, is he, Man. This, where is he getting this information I'm going to tell the Quincy Pondexter story after this. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I, I, in a lot of ways, he was able to figure out a way to break news from the Portland beat. And you were like working for Slam as a part-time dude, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's breaking these news and, and, and it made you pay attention to like, Alright, who's this 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 cat? Like who is Chris Haynes, right? Like, you know, like who is Jill Scott? Who's Chris Hayes? Like we're trying to figure this out, right? <laughs> so then I'm going to some games there and we met and I mean, Chris probably could tell this portion better. I was encouraging him to be a part of N B J and what can I do to help you? And his ability to break news eventually gave him an opportunity uh with NBC Northwest. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's when, you know, you start seeing on TV and he starts bringing out his, his comedic personality and, you know, starts talking crazy and all that. But he had scoop. He had news. And so I don't know if this story has ever been told. Like, LeBron goes back to Cleveland and Chris and I talked about the Cavaliers beat. Mm-hmm. In Cle- and at that time, I was chair of ABJ Sports Task Force, which is basically the Black Sports Writers Group. And and, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, man. Um, I was like, Chris, you got to get this job, man. Mm-hmm. You got this job at the plane Dealer. coming told LeBron, me to apply. And you need to apply, and I'm going to put in a word for you. And he applied and ended up getting it. And you got to remember that Chris wasn't coming from the typical newspaper background. And so I told Chris. I don't know if anybody knows this. Chris, should I tell? Nah, this go far? ahead. Go ahead.
5: Tell yes, it. Go tell, it, tell it. it. <laughs> <Go> ahead, tell <laughs> tell <laughs> it.
3: So I said, Chris. I didn't want to do it
5: out. too. I did not want to do it. But go ahead. I said, I, Chris, I,
3: can you write on Deadline? Because he hadn't had to do it. He was writing for a website and then writing for him. I like. But have, do you know how to write game stories on Deadline? He's like, No. I said, Well. You can't go there and not know how to write stories on Deadline. man. he's like, oh, man. And I'm like, look. I want you to, like, all these Summer League games you're going to, whether you're at home or whether you're there, I want you to write Deadline on these Summer League games as if you're covering them.
5: So, Stein, I'm pissed because <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I, I went to Summer League, but I'm transitioning to covering the Cavs. So, I technically didn't have to work. So my plan was to be in summer league at Summer League in Vegas and network and just like talk talk to people. But Spears was like, no, I need you to write, like, send me gamers uh right at the buzzer for some of these summer league games, which required me to go to games that I had like no desire to go see or watch and go do it. But I no, I did it because it it was right. I, I never, I wasn't I was never on deadline. Um, that is an awesome big
4: big brother thing to do, though, nah. like, to make you do that. Nah. You didn't know that, that story. Smart.
5: You didn't know that story. I
4: never, I never knew that story. No. Nah. So like the three, or four. He games. did it.
3: He did it. You did more than three or four games. I think you did. You had with some. quotes and it, with quotes and everything. Yeah. Like no, oh no, he, I no. made him updated with quotes. Yeah. Like, he, made up, <laughs> so, yeah. he made me <laughs> Yeah. He turn a gamer in. Like this is like the real buzzer. inside baseball stuff, but yeah. yeah. But
5: this is no, but but
4: I'm sure young journalism students want to hear
3: this. Yeah, so he, you know, because if you don't know, it's easy to say, yeah, I want to go cover this team or whatever. But you got to learn how to write on deadline if you're writing for a newspaper or writing for a place that covers a team because you got So that was the one piece that he had to learn. Like, he knew how to write a feature story. He knew how to write a news story. But, Stein, you know this. That's coming up in the newspaper ranks. If he couldn't write on deadline, those editors, those copy editors would have destroyed him.
1: Mm-hmm
3: absolutely destroyed him or perhaps even destroyed his career. So then he did it, kept getting better, mastered it. So by the time he got to Cleveland, it wasn't an issue. They didn't even know. I promise you if any of my former editors
4: are listening, they'll say, Stein never learned how to write on <laughs> That's a, a bot for another day. But no, that's, that's really that's yeah. really good.
5: No, never, never told that story. Yeah, he did it. And how'd
4: you do? How'd you, how did you, did you pick it up quick?
5: I wouldn't say I picked it up quick cuz it was it was definitely a learning experience. I didn't um it's tough like especially like some games. And this is where I realized like the process of writing stories at the buzzer is that some games sometimes most games you probably had to have a good feel of who's going to win. And so you could kind of build 75% of your your article probably by the end of you know by the start of the fourth quarter. But the problem is When that game is back and forth, especially in the last minutes of the game, you're doing a lot of deleting, a lot of correcting, and it it gets tough. And those are the the tough, toughest games. And so that's what I found out during summer league. Like, damn, okay, I'm gonna have to figure out how to get better at these games that are close to the end. Because, you know, you you have to highlight key moments during the game. But when a moment is so when a game is going back and forth, you really don't know what that key moment is until the end of the game, and so that 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 definitely helped me. I wasn't prepared. I didn't have that experience before. And um,
3: could you I, imagine taking starting that job and being green on that?
4: Nah. It well, would've... his. I mean, Chris. Chris's story should be a movie. I mean, that what you what you know how you broke in. I mean, I've never heard a story like your From yours, bodyguard the way, Yeah, to and, and, you know. To, that's the name to, of it. Because, body, because body again, I think places. I think I think we were
0: <laughs>
4: I think we were lucky that at least we had the path. Again, there were no guarantees, but you know, you started out answering phones, covering high schools, and you knew how to work your way up. And you know, it was survival of the fittest from there, but at least there was a path. I feel so sad when I talk to college kids now because there is no clear cut path there is no Mark Purdy to even write to at most of the I mean, paper, newspaper no, staff. Mark, just, I'm
3: going I'm to disagree with you with that. Cause you, okay. you, you know, you'd be glum talking to these kids, man. I, I got to get you to perk up. No, you're right. You was coming in with this black cloud. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're doing quite well. I'm doing quite well. We got, ain't broke, bro. Like there is a path, but I actually think it's easier for these kids now because they can blindly send me an email on, Or a message on Instagram. They could blindly go to LinkedIn. And I'm not a LinkedIn person, but hit me there. And perhaps I, you know, but there have been conversations I've had with kids who send me a message on Instagram or send me a tweet or something like that. And there have been times where, you know, we all get quite busy, but it's that the the squeaky wheel person. Hey, man. Hey, man, I'm here. Mm That Typically, I'm the one that they're the one I end up you know, getting on the phone with when it's it's difficult to get on the phone. But there there is like this Mark Purdy guilt that I always have. Like it's it, their access to us is so easy now. You can't I can't talk to 50 people. Right. Yeah. So I hope it's like podcasts like this or other things that like they have the ability now to go on Google and or YouTube and hear Stein's story, hear my story, hear Chris's story. And even if they don't get a chance to speak to us, there's so many ways that they could hear, be inspired by what we did. Let me,
5: Stein, let me add this. Yeah, go for it. This is more on background with Spears and how we met. We actually, we actually, um, I, I emailed Spears and before I was, this is my, uh, bodyguard stage. So it's my bodyguard phase. So I've, I actually emailed Spears and tell him about what I wanted to do and he was the first one that told me about NABJ National Association of Black Journalists like coming to the convention and I've never heard of it before so first time I've, I've heard about it so I actually met him in person at NABJ 2010 Hey you remember all this Philadelphia yeah so the reason I'm going to tell you why it's important that why, why that always sticks so um coming from where I came from in Fresno, Spears, no, like I'm a Spears is, I call Spears bougie. We all call him bougie. He's bougie. I'm the mom and pop shop. Like when, when I go to a certain plate, when I go to certain cities, I, I want to go to the hood. I want to go to the mom and pop shop. That's just where I've come. I, I'm comfortable in those places. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. Spears has got, you know, as, as he's gotten bigger and, pockets got bigger you know he's expanded his uh his palate <laughs> i haven't my palate is still minimized still limited he's well, still eating hamburgers <laughs> with no vegetables <laughs> on it i got some lettuce on it now i got lettuce, okay, lettuce and pickles. Good, good. but um i actually met him at nabj and when i went that's the first time i met him i went out I, I remember i remember i went to him and he just had this big smile because you don't know like these people you look up to and you see writing these big stories getting all these breaking these news, getting all these exclusive interviews. because That's what Spears was. Like Spears, you know, Stein, Spears would come to you. I would look at, before I knew him, before he knew me, I would like see him from afar, how he would just go to all these different NBA teams, show up at a practice, and the, the teams just let him walk anywhere he wanted to walk. He'll go talk to you. He'll just pull anybody to the side. Like pull players that don't usually talk to media, and you just see like the pool, yeah. And I'm like, damn, like how do, how this dude get like this? You know what I mean? So, I, I, I Philadelphia running to him, and he has this big smile, hugs me. You know, he you know he's big and he hugs you, and um, he was just really embracing. And that being at that convention, that's where we exchanged phone numbers. And I took a picture, and I still got that picture. I still got the pictures. My first time, really? Yeah, I got the picture. I'll send it. Um, okay. I'll send it to you both of you guys and um, he would ask me how how did I enjoy myself am, am I liking it and one thing Stein when I was at this convention I'm 28 at the time and when I was there running into Spears running into Jamil Stephen A I've never seen so many black people mm-hmm. dressed up and looking good in suits and professional people not just that they were also welcoming and I've never been around my people in that type of an environment, you know? And so it just, and then not just that Spears, I don't know if I told you this, but when I went, where I come from, it's normal for us to graduate college at 28 or 30, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's normal. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you start college, You may take some time off, deal with life, you come back, whatever. So when I went to NABJ, I'm seeing, i call them kids. They're 22, 23, and they're already working at ESPN. And they have these jobs that I've never heard about, like behind-the-scenes jobs. And I left that convention so motivated. I I left it so motivated. I I left kind of heartbreaking because I felt like I wasted the majority of my 20s. But I left just even more inspired. And that's because Spears told me to go, and and I got to see how, how it is that we could live. And then six months later, that's when I really did get my um, – got the Portland job. And so it, it was because of Spears telling me to go to that. It was because of Spears, the, 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 the welcoming embrace that he gave me, and not just me. He gives that to everybody, as you mentioned, Stein. And that's the tough part. That's where I feel guilty at because Spears is – somebody came in our store yesterday spears who was that it was was some some (laughs) woman came in our store yesterday Star, i kid you not came in our store yesterday it <laughs> well, was tell like them yeah. what
3: store tell them what my, what, aunt, my, plug, my
5: wife's i'm it I too many ties uh. Charl- <laughs>
3: <laughs> everyone who listens to this show oh,
4: okay. knows we, about charlene's beauty <laughs> supply in elk grove california yeah, that, that, everybody knows anybody goes to sack they're gonna make a, hey,
5: we did a we did a live pod there they know what that the, the okay. story is that but uh
4: what channel, channel 10 does like a running feature
3: on it every week? <laughs> You're I think, crazy, man.
5: but you could tell I forgot the, the lady's name, Ashley,
3: Ashley Jones.
5: Ashley Jones, she came into the store and she was telling my wife, Hey, Mark Spears is my guy, it's caught my, my wife off guard. Like, you know, he's my, my mentor. You know, he, he told me to come through here and she brought her mom in there. Then I just so happened to walk in the store while they were there shopping. Yeah. And she came to me and tell me, "Yeah, it's Mark Spears and I'm just like, that's the part I feel guilty about, Stan, is that you know, I know the the interaction that me and Spears had in this, you know, when we first met. But he has that with hundreds of people and I'm bad at getting back to people. You know, on this mentoring game. And I I know how much it helped me to have Spears look out for me and it's tough. Okay, like so get better, man. Yeah, I, I, better. I know. I know. It's just it, it, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. So that's where I always feel guilty. At. And I have to pay homage for him because he does he does that part of the business so well.
1: Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. You. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen.
2: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years
4: The legendary Mark Spears newly minted Kurt Gowdy award winner, basketball hall of fame's highest honor for a reporter ceremony was just Friday. You got your ring. What's the story. I'm sure everybody asks you the same question. You know, what's the first thing you tell people about the weekend? What's what comes to you? I mean, there's so many things you run into so many of these great players and that's what, like, you know, I was giving you a hard time during the ceremony. Like, Artist Gilmore is sitting behind you and like you know, Artist Gilmore
3: doesn't, ex- doesn't say,
4: you know, I can't say that I've ever had hey, you know, any you extensive know, conversations tell you with him? about
3: artist Gilmore real quick. They had this, you know, Stein, they had this room that you go in before like this VIP room. Right. So I go on in there and I get there early. Like my wife's not even ready yet. Right. Like I go in there by myself cause I want to like, I told her, I'm like, I gotta squeeze all this in because I got access, right? Like mm-hmm. I gotta get as much of, so I get there early, and the only people there are like uh uh he's there, and artist Gilmore's there, and again, uh what's my man? Calvin Murphy. Calvin, Calvin Murphy probably yeah. got there in the morning, right? God, like, he looks good. How does he look so yeah. good at his age? So artist Gilmore came, and like I was sitting at this table, getting I got some food and some waters and stuff, and he sat down, and I tried to engage with him, told him who I was. He had no idea who I was, and tried to engage with him about some ABA stories that Dan Issel told me. He didn't seem interested, but I, <laughs> I, I, I took a picture with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I, mean, he, I mean, it's like, I, like all, I said, just for me, seeing he, the guys from, from the, the 70s cares, and 80s uh, is about is uh like i had extra seats at my table so him and his boy could sit there <laughs> and it was actually kind of funny because i think it was his brother-in-law i know artist gilmore might be mad at me <laughs> to tell this story but his brother-in-law's like man all these all, all these hall of famers come in here i gotta take pictures he goes act like you've been here before man <laughs> act like you've been you don't need to take pictures with nobody yeah. And these are like these are like dudes my dad's age. You know what yeah. I mean? He like he's like, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. But <laughs> like to see Tony. Tony gave me a lot of love, and Henri, my Arsenal brother, the Arsenal legend, he was there, and we talked a lot, and. About his Galazzo show, Chris doesn't know what we're talking about. Style, you know what I'm talking about. That's awesome. I didn't know you get to see him.
4: I I only saw him for a brief second, so you did get some time time with him. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Terry
3: Henry, the legend, part of Tony Parker's party, uh, uh, celebrating Tony's. Yeah, and and you know Dwayne Wade showed me a lot of love, so that was like cool. But it's weird because Chris, you you would have tripped out seeing this. So I take the escalator down, and I'm like. You know, you when you say this speech, like I, I had to be on. I felt like I was going on TV. I was going on TV, like, but I felt like I had to be mentally right. I had to, you know, have my glasses, be ready. Felt like I had to turn the energy up, and so I wasn't in like a real like shake hand kiss baby mode at that time. But I take the escalator down, and the first pylon is my picture on it, mm. like you know, wear this picture of me. Uh, but it's the first thing you saw when you went down into Friday ceremony. So that was a trip. Like, I don't know what they did with it. I wish I had it like, uh, <laughs> uh, but that was, that's when it like really hit that it was real. But perhaps the biggest thing was just, I think my, my mom just getting the ability to tell my mom, thank you in front of a national audience is like, great. You know, for her to, and it's funny because artist Gilmore sitting behind me, so I think you figured out who I was afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Now you know who I am, sucker. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you <laughs> dogged yeah. me up
3: before. I'm sitting. There well, funny see, dreamer. Chris
4: <laughs> once <laughs> Chris once made me upset on this show because he, the White Shadow, was before his time, and he was not he was not up to speed on the greatness of my favorite ever television show. So, like I always say. Artist Gilmore might have been in like one episode in three seasons. I don't even know if he was in that, but like Artist Gilmore was constantly talked about on The White Shadow because Coach Reeves was a fictional Chicago bull. So Artist Gilmore is royalty even uh,
3: even if he didn't give you the warmest of embraces. But you know, my my cousin, do you know you, you familiar with uh Gary. Yeah, someone
4: actually just—I didn't know that story, but so, you tell the story. But someone actually just told me that Washburn told me. Yeah, Washburn yeah. told me about
3: this. So Curtis Jackson on the White Shadow, played by Eric Kilpatrick, is married to my cousin Christine. Amazing. Who was at? Who was there? She she came to the Hall of Fame stuff. That's dope. So like when when Gary met him, he you know you know Wash is Haze. He takes pictures with all the like. Blaxploitation actors.
4: <laughs> well, he didn't tell me he didn't tell me he took a picture. Oh, he, he, he left did. that part out. He, he left that picture
3: part out. That's oh, well, I, w- I would have too, for sure. Yeah. Oh, he'd he like take the picture with the dude from the shaft, you know, and Which Way Is Up, all the old yeah. 70s, <laughs> the 70s, bro. Arnold Willis, he'd take pictures with them, you know. Man. Shirley from. <laughs>
5: Yeah. Surely from, uh, uh what's, what's happening? What's happening? Oh, really good catch, good. Stein. Okay, look at Stein though. What's yeah. happening? Raj rerun,
4: Dwayne. Yeah. Oh come! On. I mean, that was my other favorite show besides White Shadow. Come, come on, on.
5: Now. okay. All right, Stein. You get yeah. a little r right, street cred right there. Yeah. Don't make me start doing lines from the show, right. <laughs> Spears. I I know you didn't think about entering the Hall of Fame in this capacity. I, I I don't know if this was a goal of yours, but yeah. aside from that, was there a moment in your career where you, like, if not thought you had a chance at this, at getting into this, but was there a moment in your career where you realized, like, yeah, I I made it, like, great things might be in store. Like, was there any point...
3: You know, you know you're, you're going to laugh at this. I thought... And and when I, I'm a, when I say this, you're not gonna think you, you, it's not shade. It's actually respect, right? When Stein made it, I said, "Man, maybe I might have a shot in like eight to ten years." Because because I like he's my the beginning of my generation, mm-hmm. right? Because Stein been covering it since what 90? 96.
4: 96? No, not sorry, 93, no, 93, 94. So this, 93. this past season, this this season coming up is 31 for me.
3: Yeah, and so I started six years after him. So when Stein made it, which I expected him to make it, but when he made it, I'm like, maybe I might have a shot in like eight, five to 10 years, something mm-hmm. like that. I might have a shot. Um, So I was super excited for him when he got in. He's got the humility of, people in the bible you know what i mean just got some of the greatest humility i've ever seen and a lot of people don't know that me and mark and i don't know you know this chris we worked together at the la LA daily Daily news News. i didn't know
5: that Uh -uh. so i was
3: at the la la daily news very briefly like 97 and 98 uh stein was covering the lakers washburn was covering the clippers and then i was covering the Angels and the Dodgers and back up on Cal State and, and cover Cal State Northridge football and basketball. And um so the crazy thing about that is like Stein leaves and they brought I remember Howard Beck in to cover the Lakers and you know I think Gary and I were hoping we were gonna get bumped up. Didn't happen. And then Gary and I eventually left, but I realized while covering that um, Cal State Northridge basketball that baseball was. I, I, I was at an Angels game and I remember a guy was calling pitches. You know what I mean, Stein? Like, he was like, that's a curveball, that's a slider, that's right. a sinker. And I'm like, how do you know these pitches? And then, uh, he's like, oh, I played college baseball. So I. I'm like why am I covering baseball? I need to cover basketball. That's what I know, and I was enjoying. I had just covered Arkansas, uh, Nolan Richardson, and then so now I'm covering Cal State Northridge in the Big Sky, going to games in Montana, Montana State, Northern Arizona, uh, Eastern Washington, and I enjoyed that more than I love covering Major League Baseball, and that's why I left and went to Louisville, Kentucky to cover college basketball so it wasn't even really an nba dream at first it was just a basketball dream so i was covering um you know i was a general assignment reporter in in louisville kentucky which basically means i generally assigned to do whatever the hell they wanted me to do i did everything from cover ali when he was named athlete of the century in kentucky to mark mcguire breaking a home run record to University of Louisville's Women Volleyball and some auto race where I was the only black person there and the pre-race meal was fried chicken.
5: <laughs> mm, damn. <laughs>
3: and damn. so I, I ended up doing, a, I broke this Tim Couch going to the NFL story and met Michael Eaves at that time and I'm doing a lot of Kentucky and Louisville football and basketball and I'm like, okay. Uh, they had a, And Stein knows her, Ashley McGay, he was covering University of Louisville Women's men's and women's, uh, I mean, football and men's basketball at the time. So she was leaving to cover the Sixers, and they were going to promote me to cover UFL full-time. Denny Crum was the head coach. Uh, I was like, cool, this is great. And then Neil Scarborough, mm-hmm. uh, was sports editor at the Denver Post, who I met at NABJ, mm-hmm. called yep. me and said, how you like it there in Louisville? I'm like, oh, man, it's cool. I'm getting my feet wet. And he's like, you interested in coming to Denver Nuggets? And I'm like, when can I leave?
5: <laughs>
3: and, and and i didn't really have i had basketball dreams i didn't necessarily have nba dreams and i, I had to give brad turner credit brad turner covering the nba forever for the la times i talked to brad about it and he's like yeah man you got to make that move you, you, you got to make that move and so you know i started covering the nba at the denver post and uh the great mike monroe man like from the day i got there he put his arm around me and was a big brother to me and, you know, legendary writer who should certainly be in the Hall of Fame as well. Yes, um, for sure. So he uh, he certainly could, could have been a jealous dude, which I faced from other people and didn't want to help. The only thing, the funny thing, though, the first game, Chris, like the Nuggets lost by like 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, this is your team now. <laughs> a, he was an NBA writer. Was
4: that the, Dan- was Dan D'Antoni
5: coaching then?
3: No. This was good. This was 99, Issel 2000 was still, season. Dan- 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 okay. It was af- after
5: So Monroe, yeah. Monroe was in Denver before San Antonio. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know that,
4: but it's so funny. It's so funny about Monroe because in those days, Monroe was inseparable with all the Texas writers. He wasn't in Texas yet, but it's like you only, you only ever saw him with David Moore from the Dallas Morning news and Fran Blindbury from the Houston Chronicle and uh, Buck Harvey from the San Antonio yeah. Express News. So Scott Howard, Coop, Scott Howard Cooper, and I oh, were on oh, the oh, Laker and beat.
3: Boy, uh, in Dallas. Don't forget him. Yeah, Brad Townsend. No, no, the other one covers what? the Mavs now. Price. No.
4: D Moore and Brad Townsend were the morning news guys. No, but oh, sefco and sefco and Sefco, Yeah, and yes, Yeah. So. Scott Howard Cooper and I covering the Lakers. We used to call them the Texas Mafia. And even though Monroe was in Denver, he was he was part of it because he was he was always with them. And then, of course, ended up in San
3: Antonio himself. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know but that. No, Mon- Monroe as I call it, Monroe. Monroe. Uh, he he was he was of huge help to me, and I, I love him dearly, man. And just never was any, anything but helpful. Never once an ounce of like hate or. Um this kid or nothing like that. Actually, now you just sparked you sparked a question that
4: I have to ask you. So I'm not gonna go too deep in the details, but the Denver Post and the Rocky Mountain News in those days did not love each other. And so you come in. How did you how did you deal with that? Because the stories that I was told was that the, the papers oh. sitting next to each other at Nuggets games would not would not necessarily even utter a word to each
3: other. No, I definitely hated them. That, that's,
5: that's um, I thought you go I y- thought you go kind of minimize that, man. <laughs> that that's not, I wasn't expecting that answer either. But Chris, you,
4: you should this was like there were rivalries, and yeah. you know we all have our own rivalries, but you know, this is the beat writers live with each other. They travel every day, but yeah. but uh no, they, they, so there was had, no there was no uh,
3: discussion between the newspapers. When I first got there, there was a writer who no, ended up being a, a great calmness, uh, but he was covering the beat. I won't say his name, um, but he, his main guy was George McCloud. George McCloud was giving him all the info, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm gonna get in good with Van Exel, McDice, McCloud, everybody, Rafe," and I was able to get in with everybody quickly, but he was only like close to George, and so he used to always tell me, "Well, you're a players guy." You're a players guy. It was like his yep. passive aggressive that. way of, yeah, yeah. You know, you've been yep. there where he's like, "Why, why should I feel guilty because the players are giving me information?" Like, I, I mean, Dan Essel was my guy now, but at that time he wasn't giving me nothing, right? Like, I and but you know how it is. Like, why do I need them when I could just get it from the players? And so the guy would constantly say, "You're a players guy. You're a players guy." I knew that was hate i didn't care i kept being a player's guy and being a player's guy has helped me i don't get into the get to gaudy without being a player's guy yeah um, nick but the, the quick but there was we a both got to co- we both got to cover mr that yeah, was very a very right interesting here. i still Love somewhere him. have a letter which i should pull out where uh nick was fined 25 like 50 no fifty thousand dollars for missing uh Come missing a shoot around and being suspended for a game in Houston. He probably was out partying too much the night before. Respect, Nick. This is just what happened back then. And he got the letter and handed it to our columnist, Mark Kisler, and they put the whole letter in the paper. Like, So I got the letter signed by Dan Issel. I got it <laughs> <laughs> I still got it. I should put it on eBay or He's something signed like it, that. Huh? See, Yeah, so I got a Dan Issel signed fine letter to Dave Exel. Um, but no, that was there were certainly some characters, and if you could cover Nick Van Exel, you could cover anybody. Man, he was an amazing player. Um, but no, I, the the one other incident I have, and I won't mention this guy's name either. Um,
4: but such a gentleman.
3: Yeah, like Chris, you 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 didn't have to deal with this, but right when the internet was really starting to boom, like we still had to send, you had to plug in to your computer to send your stories mm-hmm. like we weren't emailing there there weren't wireless yet they yeah. had wireless cords so this one guy from that other paper he would come early and purposely just plug his computer in to the cord and not share it they were like basically we had to share a hard line what do they call those lines they still have them yes yeah, it's, it's uh, like a hard yeah, hard line yeah to them. get online yeah. right We had to share it, but he wouldn't share. He would take it the whole damn game. And he would do this over and over and over again. So I would always have to, like, on deadline, go on the back and send my story in because he acted like he owned the line. Mm -hmm. So one time I damn near missed a deadline in Houston because he he was like, I'm about to send, I'm about to send, I'm about to send. And he didn't send. And I waited, like, two or three minutes waiting for him. And I was basically like, man, this is some B.S., you got to stop doing this, man. This this ain't cool. Mm-hmm. And I went in the back and sent. So then we went to Seattle. I never told this story. I, I don't know why I told this. <laughs> you.
5: <laughs>
3: you a Hall of Fame.
5: Go ahead. You, uh, go so,
3: it. and if he's hearing it now, you'll know why I did it. We go to Seattle, and I remember this is when I was still a fan of the Traders before they moved. Uh <laughs> and it was the same day as the tuck rule game. Because I'm watching the tuck rule on the TV as the Seattle Nuggets game is going on. And Earl Boykins had this amazing game where he scored 15 points in overtime. It might be NBA record still. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To win the game. And so the deadline's pass. This dude won't give up the line again. I'm incensed, bro. I'm uh-huh. incensed. I can't. Like, I'm getting yelled at by the desk. And this guy won't let me send my story in because he's like, I'm about to send, I'm about to send, I'm about to, like, he owns this line. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I lose it. I go on the back, I send my story. We go to the locker room, and I cursed him out. Mm. I, like, Mm. lost it, Chris. I And I very out of character for me, man. I cursed him out. And just basically, I don't even want to repeat everything I said. But everything I was holding in, it came out. God. That was like the <laughs> second time. Like, you're affecting my job. You're affecting my ability to do my job. You're being selfish. And I let them know. And all I remember is, Style will remember this day, this, just like Clipper Darrow, the Sodics had like a Clipper Darrow kind of caught a dude. Yeah. He was like <laughs> 6'2, probably like 350 guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was always, like, just joking and making jokes. And I, so this is an apology to the dude, right? Uh, he comes up. He's like, hey, guys, why, are you, why is this all this argument, blah, blah, yeah, blah? Yeah. And I'm like, shut up, Shrek. This is none of your business.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Did you hear that story, Scott? That part oh, no. <laughs> I told the fan <laughs> that, man. I'm like, shut up, man. This ain't none of your damn business.
4: Thank man. God there was no Twitter. You'd have
3: ended up on Twitter. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So he ended up like, he like walked away and everything. Uh, and then Jeff Buzdelic walked out and it was just like, Plew. all right, I got it out of my system. Mm. Went off by day. Boom. Never had an issue ever again, right? Never had a problem again. Well, so the next day I get home, I get called into the office uh, by my editor, Greg Moore. Like, I never told this story before. I don't care. <guy>. <laughs> what are they going to do now? Was Denver Post going to be bad? Rocky Mountain News going to be bad. So Greg Moore brings me into his office, and he's like, yeah, you know, this guy, he said that you, you know, you screamed and cursed him out in front of the locker room and blah, blah, blah. I did. He's like, well, you can't do that. And, you know, you, you, you could face a suspension and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, y'all want me to turn my stories in on time, right? You're always us about turning our stories in on time and make a deadline, right? I'm like, this guy is keeping me from doing it. It's happened like five times. Uh-huh. So you, you want me to just keep st- putting stuff in late because of this guy? That's why I'm blowing up. I'm mad again, <laughs> uh-huh. right? And he goes, and he told me something very, very powerful. He goes, all right, ain't not going to happen to you, but from now on, you can't speak to him. Just do your job, and you can't speak to him. And so we covered the job next to each other for like three more years. I never spoke to him. Damn. Still haven't spoke to him to this day. Damn. But he was doing other things like asking players. Chris, you would have been – just think about all this, Chris, because this is why I built up. He was asking players what, what questions were, I was I asking. Knew it. Them. I
5: knew you were going to <clears> say <throat> that. I, I, I swear I'll be – I know, what did, I know he,
3: I, what he did he? What did he ask that? you about? Yeah. Yeah, he would weak. he would go to Tim Gelt, the PR guy, or weak shit. Eric Sebastian, and ask him who I was going to interview, and then even though he didn't need to talk to those people, he would put them on his list too. Mm-hmm. So he was doing a lot of like shady stuff, and that like just not. So I all that accumulated, and I lost it. But I never to this day I just saw the guy to at the finals. I didn't speak to him. I don't speak to him. That's weak shit. And, and and Stein knows who it is. Newspapers. Yeah, and and but it, it just showed me like the power you have in turning somebody off. Mm hmm. No point. If if they don't exist to you, then they can't bother you. Yeah. Did it? Why did, Different. I tell that? Why did I tell that story? Chris enjoyed that. Chris loves that
5: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you still
3: he got hey, told Stein, me, shut up, Shrek. <laughs>
5: hey, Stein enjoyed it just as much as I did. Spears yeah, I, I you guys enjoyed
4: I, it, though. Hey, he, no, I did. I mean, I did not know it to that extent. I, I, that was not what I expected at all. Hey,
5: Spears, Spears saying I, I enjoyed because he know he had to like, he had to cut me off from cussing people out a few times in the locker room, man. You know, I, I'm still growing. Yeah, I'm yeah. evolving. I'm evolving, yeah. man.
3: Like, you know, I think a lot all, of people don't under understand the gammanship of, you know, even even like there, there's, there's parts of our industry where, like, after a game, you know, Chris is great at getting one-on-ones. Stein used to mess with me. He's like, oh, you know, Dirk, you know, I remember one time I came to Dallas and I wanted Dirk and and Dirk said to start or oh, you jealous I'm a, if I do a one on one with Spear <laughs> Yeah no he liked to jab me he liked to make fun of me
4: cuz Dirk was the guy who would give everybody one on ones and so he'd
3: be at his locker and he'd be he'd love to like look over and go
4: we're leaving we're leaving now
3: wow. <laughs> but but no there's like there certainly is a game and ship to get one on one interviews Getting the walk off, Chris is great. The sidle. yeah. The you sidle. two are
4: you. T- if if they ever have a sidle Hall of Fame, the two of you will be in it.
3: Marcus Thompson, but Greg. So Chris and I, like last year, we both needed KD, Kevin Durant, and yeah. but like we're like, all right, which one of us want to go first? Yeah, much It was like, like we, we both, was like we had this like yeah. Okay, how much time uh, you need? How much time yeah. you <laughs> need? Yeah. So all we right. showed
5: up. We we showed up at the Kings game. And, you know. We only, yeah. only we only go show up at the Kings game if like there's a big team, a big star in town. No, they so. they,
3: they, they, give, they give the Kings respect. Dog. No, they, no, they no. But this Kings.
5: is before we didn't know the Kings were like the Kings at that point. You I, knew, did. I, I didn't know I wasn't I, I, they were. I wasn't sold yet. So yeah. Brooklyn is in town, and so me and Spears see each other pregame. I'm like, oh shit. So <laughs> I go to. I know
3: what you want. You know what I want. How are we gonna work this out?
5: And so we ended up talking about it. We said, "All right, let's go. Let's go holler at KD pre-game. And so we told KD Spears, "Like, you know, we both need you." And KD was like, "Yeah, I got y'all." Afterwards, I got y'all. I got y'all. Yeah. So.
3: <laughs> and then <laughs> was I was cool. like, "Chris, I got to drive back to uh, the bay." So uh, let me go first, so I could go home. And he's like, "All right."
5: And, and not just that. Not just that. Remember, I told you know Spears said, "There's a ship and there's a respect level." Like that bullshit that that reporter pulled, like. Asking the players, what did he ask you? Like, I get that. I, that that's been done to me before, and that's that's some weak shit. So when yeah. when Spears had KD, he had him a long time. He had him a long time. But what I did was, I didn't stand by listening. Yeah, I gave him. You know what I mean? Like I didn't. Yeah, because there, person. there is
4: still there is still a code that still exists, and the code yeah. works like this: if I walk up and see you speaking to a player one on one, that's off limits. You stay yeah. away. You do yeah, not exactly. encroach on somebody's one on one. If there are two reporters there, now it's open to everybody. Yeah, and we're giving and, them
3: a master. Y'all getting a master's class right now on beat writing. But
4: now. that's why covering the glory and, days, and, and, warriors. And there, and there,
3: there has to, there has been times where I say, "Hey, man." Let me finish first. Yeah. Like somebody will walk up. Let me finish. And it, yeah, you have to. And it be a veteran. A veteran that should know yeah. better. Yeah. Well, because some guys know the rule,
4: but just pretend that they're going to ignore nah. it. Yeah. Because they're nervous to see player X talking to you for whatever reason, but that the glory days warriors, and I got to throw a on the list too. So it's like the glory. We're all trying to sidle these guys after every game. Can I get 30 seconds with Steph? Can I get a minute with clay? Yeah, Can I yeah. get Draymond? And so it's you two Thompson and Amick, all going for the sidles. And then me too. Uh, there was a, it was a lot. It was a lot.
3: Yeah. But, it, it, but it, pressure, it's, it's, that was it's, the pressure. It's, it's, How
4: are we going to get our sidle after the game?
3: Yeah.
5: He figured it out. Yeah, it, it gets done.
3: when we we see each other, we'd be like, Ding. like damn. <laughs> like, <"God." laughs> why he, why he come to the- That's the
4: I'm <laughs> out I'm out of that. I'm too I'm too old for that nonsense. Stop I can only stop. I well, can only hey, last, sidle. Last
3: season, though, he did get Anthony Davis, and then Anthony Davis took off running. I was waiting on Anthony Davis too. Who? Haynes did? Yeah, he, he got him and I didn't get him. No, it, he, don't, he, he don't know that. No, but listen. Where was that? A crypto? <laughs> no, uh, it's at crypto? No, that's that. In
4: sack too? but no. Oh, so sack is the haven for sidles. But
5: look, th- this is a part of the game. It's like, like when I said Spears had KD for a long time. This is after the game. Like he had him for a long time, but I'm I'm gonna respect my boy's time. You know, just out of protocol. Period.
3: I don't know about and long, long. No, you have no. Listen, you, you talked him longer than I did.
5: No, I don't. I don't think so. But no, the reason I say that is because they're on the road. And then KD yeah. could be like, nah, I just gave Spears 15 minutes. Like, Chris, let's, it let's was do it like tomorrow. Six, Chris. Oh, no. It was.
3: Well, it felt longer I'm than a, that. Uh, it okay. felt longer than that. Yeah, <laughs> because you were waiting. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting, exactly. It felt longer I, than I that. I actually left some questions on the table because I knew you were waiting.
5: No, nah, no, nah, I appreciate that. But at the at the same th- time, like, again. I'm not standing near trying to listen to every question. Like, so I go yeah. in, so when I get them, I go in thinking maybe I'm going to ask the same question. I'm not going to ask KD what the yeah. stories And actually
3: what the their spears stories is. were very different if they go back it was and very, look at it.
5: Yeah, it, it, it was different. And I, yeah. I got them on something else. But that's that's the protocol. So, you know, this is a message, not just to as- aspiring journalists, but even veteran journalists, man. You see somebody get a one-on-one, one-on-one, back up. Back off. Yeah, cause I'm gonna say some. Spears is more more polished. He's Hall of Fame. I ain't a Hall of Fame yet. He can't he can't get away with some things I can get away with. But I, I'm gonna say something Like back
1: off.
4: <laughs> but Do you I'm, think George Carl will stop confusing us now? You yeah, know that, that's another that's another story. That Mark Spears is six six. I'm five nine on a good day, and yet Coach Carl loves to
3: call you Mark Stein and call me Mark Spears. I had a guy at the Sacramento game in the playoffs. Uh, He was yelling at me, Stein, Stein, (laughs) Stein. And I I didn't turn around. I just kept walking. And he ran up to me, Mark Stein. I'm like, where is he? (laughs) You said where? He's like, what do you mean? It's like, I ain't Mark Stein. George, man, I
4: got to tell a quick George story. So all the years at ESPN, I did the power rankings for 15 years. And God bless you. There are are certain coaches who who, who really like those power rankings more than they wanted to admit. There are certain coaches who really, really read them and really got wound up about where I would have them on a Monday. And uh, I believe that George Carl was one of those readers who did like it. And in the rankings, because I was always trying to be I was always trying to get, you know, be, you know, I had that that Vessi influence where I wanted to come up so bad with nicknames because Vessi was the king of you know, giving guys nicknames. So I started calling him Furious George and I heard through the grapevine that (laughs) he hated it and he got pissed at me and he hated that I would call him Furious George in the rankings. So what happens years later when he decides to write his own (laughs) book? What does he call it? Furious Furious George. That's George. That's George Carl.
3: One time. uh, So George was mad. Uh, George was the coach of the Nuggets. He was mad at Mark Kisler, our, our columnist in Denver, uh, for something he wrote. And so he he kept, like, acting funny towards me, and I finally, like, lost it with him. I'm like, George, is my name Mark Spears or Mark Kisler? Which one is it? If you got a problem with Kisler, then you take that up with Kisler. But if you got a problem with me, take it up with me. I ain't got a problem with you. I said, then why are you acting funny towards me? Don't be passive-aggressive. Say something <laughs> to him if you got a problem. Uh, you know? I'm guilty by association. But, yeah, but George... Uh, George was interesting. He certainly could. You, you know, you had to do your pregame notebook. Turn your notebook in. Nobody was better at filling a notebook than him and uh, Doc Rivers. Man, they could fill up a notebook for you. Mm. Ray Allen, unbelievable at that.
1: Yeah. You could ask
3: Ray Allen. I just saw Ray. Shout out to Ray Allen, man. Just one of the greatest professionals I ever covered. You could be like Ray today in Turkey. Uh, there was an incident in which. Uh, Oh yeah, you know he he, he do it. Ray do about everything. man. <laughs> he can explain the Pythagorean theorem to you. Ray Ray Allen is like the sharpest knife you will meet.
5: If, if I'm going to ask you this, I know the time is getting close close um, to an end, but I want to ask you this: if if you can name of a player, like you know, obviously they they associate me with Dame, and you know, yeah. I, I give him a a lot of um, praise and recognition for. You know my career trajectory, you know, because it, it definitely happened when, when Dane came aboard. Is there a player, if like, you know how like, is, is it the, is it Major League Baseball when they go into the Hall of Fame? Or oh yeah, go, yeah, yeah, they retire for with a team.
3: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if
5: yeah. there was a player, yeah, that you you would say you were most associated with throughout your career, who would that one player be?
3: I would probably start with Mello. Mm, that's what i That's what I was
5: going to say.
4: Yeah, But Ooh, I, I figured I should I, let I you saw, answer your own
3: question. Yeah, yeah, I saw him, and I hadn't talked to him since he retired. So it was really – I mean, we only had, like, 90-minute conversation, but he – you know, I told him thank you because because of him, people were paying attention to my work. Mm-hmm. Like the Nuggets weren't really that great. They never could get out of the first round, but they were always in the playoffs. You know, I started covering the team in 99. He showed up in – 2003 they didn't go to the playoffs the first four years i was covering them so you know if the tree falls in the forest is anyone paying attention they paid attention when mellow came mm-hmm. and i remember when i got the job in boston covering the big three at the celtics which i don't know people but people in boston associate with me, me with them you know because they won and when garnett says anything it's Possible. You're right there. I'm right You're there. Right there. Yep. So I'm, all, I'm always in that moment. But <laughs> yeah. I I, w- I would definitely say Iverson and maybe to a lesser extent Steph. Okay. Just because I was around, not that I covered the Warriors full time, but being in the Bay Area and basically being there from his extension to bad ankles to superstar. Maybe I don't know. Stein Stein could probably better ask than that. Would you say?
4: I would have said Mello first if someone yeah. asked me my thought. I would have said Mello first. But look, I mean, you but know, and you, I, and you're dirt.
3: Yeah,
5: of course he's dirt.
3: Of
4: course. But I always say, if like you, you can only tell good stories if you're trusted to, to have access. Yeah. You know, like I, I've been telling Dirk stories for a week because obviously with Dirk getting inducted, I've done ninety-five interviews about it. And yeah. like you, know, you, he didn't. These guys don't have to let us tag along and there's a lot of times we see stuff in their bad moments and you know that's you have to be grateful for that because it's like you can only tell good stories if you see stuff yeah
1: winning is an everyday mindset and we're here to help I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen.
2: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years,
5: And speaking of telling stories, my my brother, Mark Spears, I had the pleasure at this was at the NABJ convention here in Birmingham, Alabama, last week or two weeks ago. He's telling stories in a a different manner now. So I'm I'm proud of my brother for venturing out and doing something. So he's a part of a project that's called it's going to drop on Hulu, August 28th. The series is The Conversations Project. That's the name of it. It's, it's, it's going to be on Hulu. Drops August 28th. And he showed... I don't know if this was the first episode. This is the first episode we got to see. Was a screening?
3: Yeah. Yeah, you, you, I'm glad you saw it.
5: First episode, I was there, and I was blown away. I was blown away by the concept. Really? I really? was. I told you that. I was blown away by the concept of the conversation. And basically, I, I'm going to let you... Spears, I'm going to let you tell... Uh, tell how this came to be and give a little bit more uh, take us a little bit more inside of uh, how this project came to be and what it's about but I fell in love with it I can't wait when it comes out and I'm being like guys I'm being real genuine and when I say how much I love this first episode that I got to see a couple weeks ago but stop. I mean Spears tell us a little bit about this
3: Um, it's called The Conversations Project and about a year and a half ago there's a friend of mine uh, named Chef David Lawrence, who used to have this restaurant called 1300 on Fillmore. Kobe ate there. LeBron ate there. It's like the the greatest soul food restaurant I've ever been to. You'd have loved it, Chris. But it had like swag and atmosphere to it. And it was like maybe a little bougie for you. You know, they didn't have hot sauce all over the place. but i don't do hot um, sauce, but go ahead. Yeah. I- but anyways, me and him like developed this TV show. Where we basically initially, actually, Terrence Mann, I'll give you a little secret. Terrence Mann was in the pilot uh, where we basically took him to a vineyard. Um, we we I interviewed him in the vineyard and in the tasting room at Charles Krug Winery. And then the chef brought him into the kitchen and uh, curated a meal based on his Caribbean background. And then we brought the meal to a round table that for a dinner discussion that included one of Terrence's good friends. Uh, Brian Shaw, the Clippers assistant, uh, his wife, Chef Nikki, and also uh, comedian activist, W. Kamau Bell and Brene Royale, a black woman in the in the wine industry. So then we had the wine. And so we did the show and we sent the pilot in and Anscaped and Hulu said, we just love the dinner. We want to do it with the dinner. What well, am I going to say? No. So what they ended up doing is along with me and Chef, they ended uh, added Elaine Welteroth project runway at former editor of Teen Vogue and basically made it a dinner show that we filmed in New York, Long Island City, where it's us three hosts and like five black people of note of varying success in different genres, just having dinner, talking. And so every episode we highlight a a different black owned winery. Um, And then we also uh, chef curates this beautiful meal where He'd bring out a dish, and every dish is like a different topic. So we have an appetizer, we have a, a main course, and we have a dessert. And Chris, the food's good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was like really it. you could tell. Yeah, and but the conversation gets deep. Um, it's it's a completely black you know group. Um, doesn't mean people that aren't black can't watch it. I think everybody will enjoy it because it, 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 you're basically taking you behind the curtain in the black community and what how we really feel about good, bad, and indifferent about what's going on in our world. And some of the things are really hard to talk about. Some of the things are painful, but some of the things are funny and hilarious. And um, Chris got to see episode two. Um, and uh, it was the first time I got to see it with a crowd of people. We watched it at the recent NABJ convention. And I was so happy, man, because it's like you're you're bringing this baby into the world and you don't know how people are going to take it. And still don't really. <laughs> until it comes out all six episodes on August 28th on Hulu and internationally on Disney plus. But Chris seemed to love it. Everybody seemed to love it. And I think it's a different show because it's, it just basically bringing a bunch of successful people in one room and having a very intelligent conversation. And I think people need to see black people in this light, man. A lot of times we are put in a less favorable light in a, in a ghetto light in a, um, in a light that makes people like threatened by us, or you know, or throwing drinks at each other, talking crazy. You no, this is like the conversations we typically have at dinner, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm really, really proud of it. I don't know. But I hope everybody checks it out and gives it a chance, and hope it's very successful. But to be a writer, a sports writer, NBA writer, and put out a TV show that ain't got nothing to do with sports is is mm-hmm. Uh, certainly a great accomplishment for me.
4: Kurt Gowdy winner and an executive producer credit. <laughs> all in all in the same that's, year. That's you had crazy, 20 man. you will not same you will month. not forget 2023. Uh, he's,
5: he's not done. He's not done. On September 30th, his alma mater, San Jose State, is honoring him with the William Randolph Hearst Foundation Award. What explain what that award is, Spears?
3: It's a journalism excellence award, man. So I'm proud that my my alma mater is going to come. I know you're a Fresno State guy, but I want you and your wife to come down and come to that. And uh, Dr. Fauci has won it. Some esteemed journalists have won it. So yeah, Stein, come through, man. We're all we're all Cal State University guys, right? That's right. That's right. Now this is we did it.
4: We we kept first of all we kept you way too long, but we did it fullerton fresno and san jose got along here for 75 minutes yeah i apologize everyone i did have it on the list for us to talk about james harden and talk about damien lillard but you know what i think it was more important to tell journalism because it's more important for because uh we do we love our business we love what we do and we do want we do want people to keep wanting to do this so i hope in all these stories that we told today, there's some uh,
3: yeah, there's some good know, information. I already know it's being clipped and put on. Right?
5: <laughs> we ain't like that, Spence. We ain't like that. No, no, it no, it
3: no, ain't no. Uh, nope, nope. being like that. Somebody gonna... <laughs>
4: Somebody the NBA Central, we have no control over yeah. what the aggregate is. Who is the guy?
3: Do. Yeah, who is the guy? Who, hey, who is this? I, who is covering the team at the I, time <laughs> For the Rocky Mountain News on that mm. day, because I gave the day everything.
2: They're
5: going to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, everything. Figure it out. I thought you were going to say you pulled, you actually pulled this hard line out and put it in yours so you could turn your story in. No, nah, I, I didn't do that, say. but I lost it. <laughs>
4: Luckily, there's no video today. There would have been video. Luckily, today there's yeah, in whatever Sebastian year that was. There was that none.
3: Yeah. There was none.
4: All right, all right everyone. Love Mark you. Spears. Hey,
3: hey, love you both. You're my brothers for life. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for even caring to talk to me, man. And, we care. Uh, we do care. Cal State brothers for life, baby.
5: Uh, all good, brother. Number yeah. of. Uh, there go. he goes, everyone. ESPN
4: and Scapes, Mark Spears joining Haynes and Stein here on this league uncut. We will be back soon, and I promise next time we Bring will basketball get back to Seattle.
3: Later. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll do it for us. See you next time. This league uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom Shakalaka. Haynes and Mark Stein.
1: Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. You. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I'll share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. You gotta win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen.
2: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.